This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. It's time for some metal news. Tim Lambesis speaks out on the events of his past. Corey Taylor claps back at fans who say the album isn't that great. Will Ramos counts down his top 10 deathcore albums of the past 10 years. And I look at some new releases and some upcoming releases here on this episode of Metalhead Journeys. Hello, hello, and welcome into today's episode. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Metalhead Journeys. Today's episode is a news episode. I'm going to hit you with a couple of little news stories, kind of talk on it. i got a little top ten here for you. And then hit you with some of the new releases and upcoming releases that we can look forward to in the world of metal. This is a little bit different, trying to spice it up, I guess you could say. Uh, throw a little bit of variety so it's not just random Bill and I talking and then also like our reviews, you know. So this is something I've always wanted to do. I've wanted to do like news things, but sometimes... The world of metal could just be kind of stagnant. There's nothing really going on, but did a little bit of digging, found a couple of stories that I wanted to throw your way, plus this little Will Ramos of Lorna Shore's top 10 deathcore albums of the last 10 years, so we'll kind of get into that. And then, like I said, I got some recent releases and some upcoming releases to kind of throw you away. All right, so one of the stories that I wanted to start with in this was Tim Lambesis has recently opened up about the hiring of the Hitman from back in 2013. If you are unaware of who Tim Lambesis is, he's the lead singer of the band As I Lay Dying. In 2013, him and his wife were going to split, so he ended up soliciting a hitman to kill her. Now, his hitman ended up turning out to be an undercover cop, which is, you know, how he got caught. He then pleaded guilty and spent two years in prison and was released on parole in 2016. Once released, he went out of his way to make amends with his bandmates, kind of get back in the band, which is where he's at right now with As I Lay Dying once again, also offering apologies to his family as well as getting involved in social work and becoming an addiction treatment counselor. Now the reasoning behind the addiction treatment counseling is because he was abusing a type of steroid in 2013 when all this was playing out. Basically said, when I was arrested, I had come off testosterone-based steroids. My hormone levels were really unbalanced. Your body naturally produces a decent level of testosterone and keeps your estrogen level under that if you're a guy. When you take the, tos- when you take the testosterone, testosterone, it elevates your level 10 times what your body is normally doing. So it almost seems like he's blaming the steroids, but, or, you know, saying that they were a factor, but maybe not so much blaming. Maybe he's not blaming them. He just says that they're a factor in what was going on. Now, Lambisa stated in an interview... My thinking was so isolated in my own mind and disconnected from my support system that I didn't really even fathom or realize how much I had lost myself and the core of who I really was. It's like I was this one person for most of my life and then forgot this period of time. I had this very isolated, different type of mindset and then have since returned to being much of who I am or who much of who I was earlier in the part of my life. Plus, of course, the added perspective of everything I went through. I don't really know how to describe it. I lost myself. I lost my way. I sat there in a cell being like, how did I become this person? It kind of blew my own mind. And as the mental cloud, the fog went away, I could see clearly there are obviously a thousand better ways that I could have gone through a divorce or a thousand better ways that if I wanted to be close with my family. So clearly J.O. kind of played with his mind and made him think about, you know, you fucked up, dude. What you did, you fucked up on. And sitting there, isolated by himself, 
get you thinking, maybe, maybe I need to change who I am. Which he then goes on and states, I'll do anything to fix this or make this right or to maintain this relationship, but just because you feel like you would be willing to do anything to maintain what matters to you the most in the world doesn't mean you show that those are your best options. And I saw clearly sitting there thinking in a cell, wow, I could have handled this a thousand ways different. And the fact that my mindset, I thought at the time, this was the best way to handle the situation, it blew my own mind. And it's like, how did I even think of that? It was just shocking. And there's no real defense or no way to take away what I did other than that. Thankfully, there was actually no true physical harm of any kind. So at that point, I guess it kind of comes down to your own thoughts on the matter and whatnot. And uh, do you think he should be forgiven or are you yourself as a person able to look past this? If you were to ask me personally, I'm fairly indifferent about it. I didn't really listen to them beforehand. Um, I'm not going to listen to them, so it's not like I kept up with his band. Uh, he was somewhat correct in that, saying that there was no harm that came from this, thankfully. And you were caught, thankfully, and you were punished for it. So, at that point, it's, it's, it's almost like we as humans, what else can you ask for? He messed up. He was caught. He served his time and he did what he had to do, which is, you know, punishment fits the crime. You need to be punished. He was. And now we just move on. The only thing that I would say you could have done differently is maybe make amends with your band, but then don't jump right back into music. You know, go pursue something else. I mean, don't, you can't just hop in like everything is 100% all cool again. And I mean, everything may not be cool again. And I'm sure you're probably going to have to go through all sorts of different like hecklings or whatever it may be. I'm sure there's plenty of people who won't get over it, but I don't know. If I had to go through anything, I would just say maybe not hop back into music. Make amends with your band. Make amends with people who you have to. If they choose not to forgive you, then maybe over time they will. But maybe just try and pursue something else. But, you know, as for his future and where things stand now, I'm finishing up his interview. He said, knowing that I'm relatively young, I have the rest of my life to demonstrate to myself beyond other people, that this is a very isolated, dark thought process in my life. And now that it's an isolated, dark thought process over the course of 30, 40, 50 years, you'll see that. But I can't prove to anybody coming out of prison, like, hey guys, I'm changed, I'm good. They have to say, here's where you were for 32 years, here's this dark period of your life, here's where you are for the next 20 years. I have at least 20 years till most people in this world are willing to be like, you know what, maybe he really did change. Maybe incarceration really did do something for him. So, basically, he's coming out and saying, you know, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. Which, at that point, that's kind of what I just reiterated, uh, you know, a minute ago. is People may not forgive him, and it may take time for people to forgive him. And some people may never forgive him. Some people just hold grudges like that. Lembesis then went and finished off the interview saying, I hate talking about it in any kind of contextual way because I feel like it might come across as like I'm giving an excuse. I'm not. I'm just telling people the context under which these things happened. That's it. So, basically coming out, letting everyone know kind of what happened, what he was thinking. Um, I thought it was actually a really good interview that he decided to do. Um, the fact, even just reading it, not even seeing the interview, uh, just the fact that he was able to sit, willing to sit down. And he, obviously, he hates talking about it, but he was willing to sit down, talk to people about it, let them know, I fucked up. I served my time. I'm trying to rebuild my life, pretty much. Which is the best thing that you could possibly do. So, good luck to you. 
I'm still going to reiterate, I'm not really a fan of your music. I never really got into it. Uh, it's not horrible. I just never got into it. <laughs> it's just like 50% of the music that I fucking listen to. It's like, you're not bad. I just can't get into you. But good for you for sitting down and doing this. Um, if it is what you say it is, uh, good thing you learned your lesson. And hopefully nothing else happens with anything close to that. But yes, no one ended up getting killed or injured or anything like that in the end. So we'll chalk it up to a semi-happy ending. Okay, so secondly, what I wanted to talk about was I kind of want to talk about Corey Taylor. Basically clapping back at the fans who were not all thrilled with the new album, The End So Far. In a conversation with NME, Corey Taylor stated, One of the problems about writing one of the heaviest fucking albums of all time is that people just expect you to do that over and over. Well, fuck, that's so boring. If we had done that, we wouldn't be where we are today, 100%. I can't argue that. People get so wrapped up in the way a band sounds that when the band makes the slightest change, they want to hop all over them and tell them that it sucks. Well, I support Corey Taylor in this and saying if you wrote the same album over and over and over again, that would just get boring. Be like, yo, this album is just like the first one. It's great. Third album comes around. Yo, this is just like the second one, which was just like the first one. This album's great. And after a while, you kind of look back on it down the road and you're like, yo, those first three albums were literally all the same thing this is just a hypothetical i'm not saying that that's the way up that was but people complain just to complain because they're not happy and they don't like what you did and go get your own band if that's the case go make your own band and you can make whatever you want and cory later goes on to add when people hear the end so far they'll go well that's a departure it's like what are you fucking new we've spent 20 plus years throwing people for a loop you also have to remember, a large part of the population are also people who have created petitions against every Batman that has ever been fucking cast in a movie. They've always been wrong. Who's really right here? You fucking idiots. Sometimes you just need to shut up. Shut the fuck up. And listen to what we give you. I had to get that, that F-bomb in there so you could feel the emphasis of what he was saying. Again, I'm with Corey Taylor on this. Shut up and just listen to what we give you. If you don't like it, move on. There are other fans who will come in and listen. He's got... So many millions of fans. You bitching about something, he'll be fine. He will be fine. He also ended up stating that people have bullshitted themselves into thinking that if they bitch enough, they're going to get what they want. And he says that only happens with weak-minded people. Corey Taylor's not weak-minded. He is hitting everything to a T right now. Basically telling, if we kept doing the same thing, it would be boring. He said, people just need to shut up and listen to what we give you. There's people who create titions for every Batman. And what happens? It goes nowhere. And do they do a bad job? No, none of them have really done a bad job. There are some that are more comical than ours, but none of them have really done that bad of a job, to be honest. And it's just, it's people who think if they bitch enough, they're going to get what they want, which is all these people do. They just sit there and complain and complain. And it's like, when in the history of complaining about someone changing their sound or whatnot, has that ever worked for you? So Corey Taylor, definitely someone who's not afraid to speak his mind, whether it's towards MGK and that whole situation. That was fun to listen to, by the way. I gotta support Taylor Taylor on this. 100%. It's his band. He's gonna do whatever he wants. You think you can do better, or you think you have more uh, creative, artistic visions, then you can go and do that. But as far as him, he's gotta keep doing what he wants to do. Especially if he's getting paid well to do it. If, if, 
People want to say it all the time. I would never sell out. Never. I would never sell out. Never let money change me. Listen, if you are doing it for a living, it's not just all about the money. I mean, a lot of it is, yes, because you are doing this for a living. This is how you make your money. This is how you fund your life for your children, for whatever it may be. This is your career. And you are making, you know, $90,000 a year. And someone slips you a giant check for $500,000 and says, hey, I just need you to tweak your music a little bit. Who in the hell is going to pass that opportunity up and be like, you know what? I'm going to keep going the route that I'm going and, uh, you know, because I'm going to stay true to myself and all these fans and I don't want to listen to anyone complain about me. But then four albums later, when you've written the same album over and over and over again, like Corey Taylor was saying, you're going to get fans complaining about you. And then you're going to look back on it and be like, damn, maybe I should have taken that piece. So... Whatever his reasoning may be for changing the sound, whether it's just personal reasons or someone in the studio asked him to, or I mean from the record label company, who cares? Who really cares? And if you really care that much, then don't be a Slipknot fan and go find another band. He'll be fine. They have plenty of fans to spare. So, Corey Taylor, love it. Not afraid to speak his mind. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got my support. <laughs> All right. Now what I want to do is I want to get into Will Ramos, who is the lead singer of Lorna Shore, which, by the way, Lorna Shore has a brand new album that just came out, and it is great. He does the most guttural, disgusting, demonic things with his voice, and I don't understand how he does it, or I don't understand how he's going to be able to do live shows and continue to do it if he's doing like a tour and promoting this album, because it just seems, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the video but they actually um, sent a camera into his throat. And they have him do the screaming. And you can see what's happening. And it is unreal to like actually see what's happening to his throat as he's like screaming like that. It's, it's unbelievable. Kind of weird looking. But it is pretty cool. So Will Ramos' top deathcore albums of the last 10 years. Now he didn't actually put these in a specific order. Or if he did, then I'm reading them 10 to 1. Or maybe 1 to 10. I'm not 100% sure. There was no numbers by him. But he has Thy Art is Murder, Hate, which I love Thy Art is Murder, and that is an absolute phenomenal album. Hate is beautiful. Quintessential peak Thy Art is Murder. Secondly, he's got Impending Doom, Death Will Reign. Never got into Impending Doom. I know Bill speaks highly of them, so I'm going to go ahead and take their word for it. Last 10 Seconds of Life, In Vivo, In Vivo. Um... Listen to the last 10 Seconds of Life, they're self-titled before the entire band disbanded. So, have not heard this one, but if it's anything like other last, seconds, last 10 Seconds of Life, I will definitely love it. Carnifex, Die Without Hope. Who doesn't fucking love Carnifex? Titans of Deathcore. Rings of Saturn, uh, Lugal, Key, N. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Me personally, never got into Rings of Saturn. It's, it's, I like fast music, I like Deathcore, but... Rings of Saturn almost puts their stuff towards so much happening so fast, it just sounds like distortion, and I'm, I'm not down for it. Infant Annihilator, the Elysian Grandeval Galeriac. Again, if I'm mispronouncing them, I apologize. Um, I have listened to some Infinite Annihilator. Um, Infinite? Infant Annihilator. Uh, it was their earlier stuff. Actually, I'm not 100% sure where this one stands. I don't think this is the album that I listened to from them. Uh, just like... Every other time, in any other episode, 
you gotta understand, I'm still somewhat newer into this. I was listening to hard rock, metalcore, post-hardcore stuff. So getting into death metal, deathcore, you're gonna be sitting there listening to this being like, you haven't fucking listened to Cannibal Corpse, you haven't listened to Infinite Annihilator, what is wrong? No, I just haven't got around to it. I will get around to it, I promise you. He also has Lorna Shore, Flesh Coffin. I believe that's when Tom Barber was with Lorna Shore. It's definitely an earlier Lorna Shore album. It might have been the lead singer before Tom Barber. Not 100% sure, though. Shadow of Intent, Reclaimer. No, they're definitely a big-name band. Bill talks a lot about them. Oceano, a band I'm kind of slowly getting into. Bill speaks highly of Oceano and Adam Warren, and I'm kind of slowly getting into it. I'm being like, yeah, these guys are pretty fucking good. So, Oceano Revelation is the other one. And then his tenth one is Distant Aeons, Aeons of Oblivion. So that is Will Ramos' top ten deathcore albums for the last ten years. Hopefully he kind of kept up as I kind of threw my own little shit in there in the middle, talking on it. But that's Will Ramos' top ten deathcore albums of the last ten years. Of all of those, I have <laughs> listened to one, and it is Dyer's Murder, and it is Hate. And like I said, that is an absolute amazing, amazing album. All right, guys. Real quick, I want to talk to you guys some new releases, albums that have just come out, and then some upcoming ones. So Gojira just released a brand new single. Yet to listen to it, but I am excited for that. Lorna Shore released Pain Remains. Have listened to that. That is absolutely amazing. We Came as Romans released Dark Bloom. Um, me personally, Dark. It, it, they get a little synthy. In it, and I don't. I feel like We Came as Romans didn't do that as much in their past stuff. So if they're kind of taking a trend to a new thing, uh, I'll have to give it like a second, third listen, um, see if it grows on me. But wasn't really digging it too much. Lamb of God released Omens. I am yet to listen to that. Alter Bridge released Pawns and Kings. If you're into some Alter Bridge, and then I would say at the very, very end of this little list here, Wednesday Thirteen released Horrifier. Uh, Wednesday 13 was actually one of the first bands that I got to see live. Like, one of my first metal shows. If No, my very first metal show. It was actually the Static X Tour. Static X, Dope, Devil Driver, Wednesday 13, and uh, Raven Black. Uh, Raven Black was kind of forgettable. But Wednesday 13, I remember being there. They were actually pretty darn, pretty darn nice. So they have a brand new album out. And then stuff that's coming up soon. Fit for a King has a new album coming out. Fire from the Gods is supposed to have an album coming out. In Flames has got an album coming out here soon. I remember making a TikTok about the Chelsea Grin stuff. They have Suffer in Hell coming out here in November. And then Suffer in Heaven comes out, I believe, February for Chelsea Grin. Uh, my, one, of, one of my favorite bands. If not, I wouldn't say it. If not, they are probably my favorite band right now. Um, Dayseeker. Dayseeker has a brand new album coming out in November. Um, it's going to have a lot to do with... Uh, Roy Rodriguez losing his father and also having a uh, uh, premature birth of his daughter. So look for that album. It's definitely going to be filled up with some emotion, but it is going to be on the softer side. So just letting you all know that. All right. So those are some of the albums that I'm kind of looking forward to getting released. Some of the albums that I want to go back and listen to. Uh, That's it. That wraps it up. It's just uh, 18 minutes. This was not a quick episode. (laughs) It's kind of what I want to do. I want to hit you with a couple stories, then maybe hit you with something random like the little Will Ramos thing. I'll find something else for the next one. And then hit you with uh, upcoming releases, uh, you know, new ones that have just released and stuff like that. So, that.
that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check out DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. It's the network that we are part of. Podcast of the month right now, Return of the Living Flet. Does a lot of great review stuff. Uh, it, it's becoming spooky season. It's spooky season, and he's one hell of a person to be reviewing some spooky season stuff. He's got Halloween Ends reviews that he's got. He's got uh, rankings of Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff. He's got Friday the 13th, Vengeance 2. Bloodlines re- Blood review. He's got a video on the top five John Carpenter films. He's got all kinds of great, great like Halloweenish horror stuff. He's fantastic at it. So check out all the other pods that are on there as well. But Return of the Living Foot is our podcast of the month for October. But deluxeeditionnetwork.com. You can see everyone else's stuff on there. And then also don't forget to check out our website, metalheadjourneys.com. You guys can get link to the store where you guys can buy merch you guys can listen to all the episodes right there all the social links are right there tiktok is doing phenomenally we are gaining followers we are posting videos almost every day i try to post a video pretty much every day i just get upset if i don't post a video and i am trailing this on so long so get your go to all the socials and i'll see you guys in the next episode later this show is part of the deluxe edition network to find the other great shows on the network Head over to the deluxe edition network.com.